This is the Blood Red podcast from the Liverpool Echo, giving you the inside track on all the big talking points from Anfield. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Liverpool.com podcast. I am your host, Mo Stewart, and we are days, nay, hours away from the start of the new Premier League season. Excitement is fever pitch. I can, You probably can't tell from the looks on our faces, but we are all very excited to see Liverpool back in Premier League action. Matt, tell the people what you're most looking forward to. Just the, the proper football being back, to be honest. It seems like a long time, even since the Euros. It, it seems like a, an even longer time, obviously, since the, the end of last season. And I think it's going to be a very different season, put it that way, for, for Liverpool this season. There was a lot of pain and a lot of sort of difficult periods of, of last season in a variety of different ways. But I think I'm very, very optimistic about this season. I think there's there's a lot to be excited about. I'm excited to see, obviously, the centre-backs, Harvey Elliott, all the rest of it. I think there's been loads of, of things that have come out of, of pre-season, which just whet the appetite really for, for the start of, of the new campaign. And I suppose that the only thing I'm not looking forward to is the September international break, which I can already say on my calendar. I mean, yeah, international breaks will always be the bane of our existence in general. <clears throat> but Matt mentioned there, James, it's more than just Liverpool, really, who've had exciting ideas and it's an exciting summer. There's lots of been going on. Lots of other teams have been jostling for position at the top of the league. So it's at this point in the season, we normally start to think about who is going to finish where. And... As you know, I have put this question to you today, and that's what we're going to be doing for this show. We are going to be laying our cards, our journalistic cards, on the table, and we are going to be predicting the Premier League positions from 1 to 20. Well, from 20 to 1. We want to make it a little bit more exciting around here. So, James, are you ready for this test? Yeah, I think so. I mean, if we're going 20 to 1, hopefully that means we're not going to be talking about Liverpool for quite a while. Uh, so, yeah, uh, yeah, a bit of patience required until we actually dive into the Liverpool stuff, hopefully. But, um, yeah, I did one of these last year and it had some questionable results. So a little bit nervous, especially as this pod has a slightly bigger audience than the last time I did it on. Um, but, yeah, hopefully, hopefully no howlers in there. I mean, we, we've all kind of done our... Liverpool predictions that are up out on the site at the moment for you to all read. When it comes to the wider Premier League, it can it can make idiots of us all, I think it's fair to say. We've, we've seen in the past many times, and I'm sure there is plenty up on the BBC Sport website and other outlets where people have done this themselves, and some of the results are frankly laughable. But today's is you guys' turn. I feel like I'm confident in your footballing ability that we're going to get something to talk about, some nice debate going. But as James mentioned, we are going to start at the bottom and work our way towards the business end because you know you don't want to give we don't want to give you the full load early on. We want to kind of build up something. So the way we're going to be doing this, we're going to be doing it in blocks of five teams. There are four five team blocks, 16th to 20th, and so on and so on. And each of you will be picking in five team blocks. So you will be revealing who you have picked. You will then be revealing why you have picked them. And then, as is always the case on this show, we get a chance to pick apart each other's choices, which I'm really looking forward to. (laughs) Right. I mean, when I say pick apart each other's choices, I should point out I'm not playing this game. I'm just sitting back being the host because I felt like it was the best way to present the show. 
I feel like there may have been some debate about that behind my back. <laughs> I feel like you might have just uh, copped out a little bit on that, but uh, we'll, we'll come through. Well, I mean, once we get to the end of the show and we see a fantastic product that everyone's enjoyed, we'll see the results. And if not, then I'm sure I'll be pressured into doing it myself. <laughs> anyway, let's get on without any further ado. Now, I did a coin flip without you guys knowing, and Matt, you came up on top. So you get to choose first. Tell us who you think will be finishing from 16th to 20th. Yeah, I mean, the, the, there's a common theme, I think, all the way through the Premier League. And I know we've split it up into the sort of five uh, five team sections if you want all the way through and I think there's there's a lot of similar teams I think there's a lot of similar teams at the top that we'll come to there's a lot of similar teams in that middle kind of part where it's very difficult to, to sort of separate those and I think it's it's pretty similar at the bottom so the first one uh, that I've gone for in 16th is Newcastle United um, I think they're, they're always there or thereabouts, aren't they? They never quite go down. I think there's there's three teams that are probably worse than them across the course of, of the season, but I wouldn't expect them to be any higher, certainly not much higher than, than that. Burnley, uh, the next team um, that I've gone for, kind of think that, again, they're a team that you always expect to be down there. They tend to do slightly better than, than what you expect, but that will run out at some point. And then my bottom three, Norwich City, Brentford and Watford at the bottom. Um, yeah, it, it sort of feels like the obvious ones to go for, but mm. I just think they're not quite going to have enough for me. It's interesting. I mean, we've seen some successful promoted sides in recent years, but I mean, there have been questions about the quality of the championship of the last year. So you might, I can, I can see where you, you went with that. And in terms of Newcastle and Burnley, they are those teams who feel like they will be have a good period and a bad period every season and kind of end up in the same place. So some a nice, sensible opening from you, Matt, there. James, I fear you might be about to do the same. Um, well, yes and no. It's, I haven't gone for the three promoted teams going down because it's been a long time, as far as I can remember, since we've actually seen it. Normally, one of them will will do something, manage to, to stay up. And like you say, Mo, we've had some, some really successful, newly promoted teams in recent history. Obviously, Leeds last year. Wolves not long before that. Um, Wolves did lead to my horrible prediction at the start of last season where I said they'd be knocking on the door of the Champions League. But we'll, we'll you know, we'll skate past that. So, yeah, my, my bottom five is not hugely different. Uh, I've also got Newcastle in that 16th spot. It does just feel about right. Um, yeah, I think they'll be in danger for quite a while and then just pull through sort of March, April time and end up relatively comfortable. They might even go a few places higher, but... Not not too many. Seventeenth uh, is where I've put Brentford. I think they they'll just about survive the drop. They've got a they've got quite a nice team, uh, an interesting team for sure, with that massive kind of stats based approach. It's the same guy who owns Michelund in the, in um, in Denmark, and yeah, it's it'll be very interesting to see how they get on. I don't think they're going to do a Leeds. They're not just going to fly up the table. I mean, I could be eating my words, but I I don't think they'll do that. But I do think with the smart recruitment they've done and holding on to Ivan Tony as well, if he can start strongly, I can see them just about surviving the drop and then potentially consolidating that Premier League status in, in future seasons. Uh, for the drop, uh, I don't think these guys actually featured in, in Matt's bottom five even, so this is controversial, but I've got, I've got Palace, um, Crystal Palace 18th. 
Uh, it's tough because they've had a pretty good summer. Uh, Michael Elise in particular, very nice signing. But all of the teams showing, oh, look at how Palace could line up now with all of these sort of wavy players. It's like, well, yeah, but Eze's out for a long time. And he was a big part of their success last season. And by success, I mean surviving. It wasn't like they shone. Um, they've got they've got a lot of change to contend with in terms of Hodgson retiring. Um, Benteke was very important, weirdly, towards the end of last season. And you think, you know, can can that be sustained? They've given him a new contract off the back of that, which is bold. Um, I, I hope it does work out for him. You know, he's quite he's, there is a good player in there, but. But even so, for him being your sort of main man, it's it does smell of a relegation fight. And I think this might be the year they just about drop. Um, and then, yeah, 19th and 20th, Norwich and Watford. Wow. Now, I like the fact that you've thrown Palace in there, not because I have any particular bitterness towards Palace, just in case my uncle's watching. Um but I think they are going to be the most curious team this season because there is so much about them that's up in the air. They've done this clear out, which in all honesty has been needed for the last two or three years. But rather than doing it piece by piece, they've done it all in one go. So it's either going to fly or it's going to fall flat on its face. I'm kind of inclined to think that it's probably more the latter than the former. But I mean... I still think them going down is a brave move, particularly with a stalwart like Patrick Vieira in charge. But let's have a look at both fives up to, against each other. Now, again, it doesn't look massively different, as I've mentioned. One of you've got Brentford staying up. One of you've got them going down. Brentford are another team, I think, that are going to have a lot of eyes on them. But I would say that neither of those two selections are what you call wild. Do either of you want to pick anything from the others that they particularly disagree with? Well, not that I disagree with, but I think it's worth flagging up that we both have Watford in 20th, just to say that it's probably quite harsh. Like, I know that we've both picked it, but it's it, there's like Matt said, there's so many teams in the mix and they could just as easily stay up. They have quite a good team. Ishmael Lassar, of course, is a standout. He's been linked with Liverpool a few times, but there's a lot of tidy players in there. I'm interested to see how Joel Pedro gets on. He's looked quite good in the championship and showed a bit when he had those uh, that time in the Premier League as well. Um, so, yeah, it's it's one of them where the fact that we both have them 20th shouldn't be a sign that um, that they're, you know, shoe-ins for the drop. I don't think that's the case. Uh, again, like you were saying, with family ties to Palace, I, I should make the same disclaimer for Watford. So I'm just <laughs> covering myself there. But, um, but yeah, I don't think they're, they're a surefire thing for the drop. I think it's fair to say we can have a situation where we have to pick a team as 20th without necessarily thinking that that team are terrible. I mean, I know we saw Sheffield United perform poorly last season when they were in 20th. And normally the team who finishes bottom does have at least a bad period. But maybe with it being a bit more even this time, we won't see that necessarily. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Let's move on a little bit further up the table. Now, I could have quite easily bunched this as almost like a 20th to 12th, but it probably wouldn't have been as easy for us to explain. So we're going to go with 11th to 15th. Uh, this time, James, you, you kick us off. Okay, um, so I've revised my Wolves predictions a little bit from the past, uh, learned my lesson. I've put them in 11th place, which is possibly still quite high, but... I think it's about right. They underperformed last season. They have quite a good squad. 
Um, and as Liverpool know better than anyone, there were a lot of question marks over last season, a lot of mitigating factors for everyone. It's not to say that we can write off everything that happened, but a lot of the teams that struggled, you can think, OK, we can kind of understand why. Uh, and so, yeah, I'm I'm more inclined to look at their, what was it, seventh from the season before rather than rather than last season's finish. And I think they'll they'll revert to a, a solid, solid 11th place, mid-table, comfortable. Um, Jimenez being back is a big boost as well. Really excited to see how Trincao settles in. I wrote a piece saying that Liverpool could do a lot worse than signing him. Really like the look of him. Uh, hope he gets some game time. One to watch there. Uh, moving down, this is potentially my most controversial pick in this set. I have West Ham 12th, which would be a big drop-off from last season. But I think a drop-off has to be expected. I do like their squad. There's a lot of good players in there. And, you know, David Moyes is a solid enough manager. He's had a great spell with Everton. Obviously didn't pan out for him in most of the time since then. But as has transpired since, Manchester United really was a poison chalice at that time. I don't think anyone would have been able to fulfil that role particularly well. And then, of course, moving abroad is always a challenge. Didn't work out at Sociedad. But, you know, good managers have struggled as well. So it's not like that's that's the sign that he's a terrible manager. Um, I, but, but yeah, I don't... I don't think he's necessarily going to be able to work those same miracles again. Uh, it's it's a mid-table squad. It's a good mid-table squad, and he's probably a good mid-table manager. So I think I think that's where they'll end up. Uh, they might perform a bit better, but I'd be surprised to see them pushing higher than tenth, really. Um, but below them, I've got Southampton, which is again maybe quite high. Um, so another potentially controversial one. They have lost Ings, which is big. You know how much I like Ings. Um, but uh, but I, again, I think COVID really impacted their season last year. I mean, they were top after eight games. Uh, they have a manager who I really like, of course, in that sort of clock mould in Hartson Um, I like the way they play and that their pressing game was heavily impacted by the schedule. So I think a slightly more normal pre-season, a slightly more normal season, we'll see them shoot back up the table a little bit, even if Ings is, of course, going to be a massive miss. All depends on how Adam Armstrong settles in as well. But if he can take up some of that goal-scoring burden, then that will solve a bit of the problem. Uh, 14th, I have Brighton. Seems about right. I don't have too much to say on it. But, you know, (laughs) they were the kind of the expected goals merchants last season, weren't they? they? Everyone was saying their stats should have them much higher up the table. Um, whether they've addressed the finishing problems that contributed to that, it's hard to say, but I, I do think they'll be at least safe from the relegation scrap. Um, and then 15th, I have Burnley. I mean, that's just a very Burnley position, isn't it? So I'm not, I'm not going to bore you with the reasons, but I think that sounds about right. No, again, those all sound rather sensible. Now, I want to go back to West Ham a little bit. You mentioned that they're going to you put them in 12th mid-table. I think we all do all expect to drop off. Do you think that they'll have any chance in Europe this season? Maybe will they even give it a go? Or is it one of those situations where Moyes might be burned by his experience in the Europa League when he was at Everton? Well, it's an interesting one. And that's another contributing factor with why I have them a little bit lower than you might expect. Because I think European campaigns for squads that aren't necessarily built for it do normally take some kind of toll in the league. But I think I think they're bound to give it a go. I mean, the fans will demand it. I mean, you're in Europe and for a club who's not often in Europe, you've, you've got to give it a go. Uh, and if that means dropping off in the league, then from my perspective, I'd say so be it. Um, you know, they're not going to get relegated realistically. So... Okay, maybe you drop a few positions in the league. But if that means you go on a nice little run 
in Europe, then yeah. I think that's that's got to be the preference. And they do have quite a good squad. And, you know, if, if the draw falls for them, if the performances fall for them, there's no reason why they can't go on a bit of a run. I mean, look, it's not going to be... It's, they're not going to be challenging for it, realistically. It's not going to be a, a Fulham situation, most likely. Um, but why not a similar kind of vibey run? I, I like that idea. Hmm. I like that idea too, although I must point out Fulham didn't expect a Fulham-y kind of run either. (laughs) Let's leave all options on the table. Okay, Matt, it's your turn. Who have you got from 11 to 15? Uh, Well, I'm the same as James in 11th. I've gone for Wolves. They're a team that that really intrigued me. I know, obviously, it's been a big change for them managerially. We don't quite know how that's going to go, but I think, you know, Raul Jimenez being back, I think that's going to obviously be huge in terms of, of goal scoring. I think that if they keep hold of, of Adama Traore, which it looks like they probably will do, I think that could bring a little bit more out of, of him as well. I know he's one that is being talked up by Wolves fans and, and that sort of thing around potentially having a big season. And yeah, we, we've kind of said that for two or three seasons, haven't we? But it might come at some point and it might be this season. Who knows? Um, just behind them, Leeds United. Um, I think... It would be a little bit tempting to put them in the top half and, and really sort of see them push on again. I just wonder how much can they actually push on? I think you, you look at the sort of teams in and around the Europa League, there's there's a lot of similar-ish teams. I think Leeds and, and Wolves are, are in there, but I just I, I can't see them pushing on again. I think they, they progressed so much and, and finished so much higher up last season than a lot of people thought they would to then kick on, I think would be difficult to, to kind of solidify that this season, I think would would be a, a fairly decent achievement. Southampton are next, which I think is, is the same as James as well. Big fan of, of Hudel. I think they've got a good squad. They've got, you know, fairly, fairly stable squad as well. I think they've, they've managed to keep most players. Obviously Ings is a huge loss, but they've had a, a bit of continuity. And again, you, you can't really see them being involved in a relegation scrap or, or anything like that. But, Again, they're not going to be up in, in sort of European spots. So I think that's probably about right for them. Similar to Brighton as well. Again, another team that I really like. I like the way that they recruit. They do things a little bit differently. Um, they've got a, a player from uh, from Red Bull Salzburg, which I'm really interested by in, in Moepu, who I think is one that's sort of been linked with Liverpool in the past, been suggested to me when I spoke to, to Jesse Marsh, his former manager last year, that he would be a good player for Liverpool to look at. So be interesting to see how he gets on. They've spent a fair bit of money on him. I think it's about £20 million or so. So fairly sort of big investment for them, but that will be interesting. And then Crystal Palace is my final one. Um, yeah, I can't see them being any higher up than that, but I'm backing them to, to sort of pull it together enough to stave off relegation. But again, it's so, so hard to tell, isn't it? They had so many players out of contract and a new manager and, and all the rest of it. Like you say, it's it's going to be really hard to, to work out where they're going to be. But on paper, they probably should be a little bit higher up than that. But I just don't think that they will be any lower than that. I still think Burnley and, and Newcastle, for me, probably not quite as good as what they'll be. Well, here's hoping that Vieira is given a little bit more chance than Frank de Boer got when he was trying to do something rather similar just before they put in Roy Hodgson. But I, I agree with you, Matt. I think that at this stage in their development, not getting relegated is okay. They don't necessarily have to be better than Roy was in his foot last season. But let's again, let's pull up both selections alongside each other so we can have a real look at them. The thing that I like or that points out to me when I see these teams is these are all the kind of teams 
who have players who, once they do well, be, get onto Liverpool's radar. In terms of these are the kind of places where you'd hope someone would go and prove themselves before coming up a level. They are all much of a muchness in terms of their ambition, but in terms of the way that they potentially incubate a Liverpool player, these are the kind of teams that I'm looking at. Now, Matt, we've mentioned before the difference between the two of you is only really Leeds and West Ham. I think, would you potentially say that that is almost a flip coin decision? Or, I mean, are we potentially going to see West Ham higher than we suspect in the next section? I think it's a difficult one. I think it's, it is, for me, it's a bit of a coin toss. I think, to be honest, Wolves, Leeds, Southampton, is there that much of a difference between them? I don't think so. I think it'll only be, you know, a point or two. I think it's going to be sort of, I mean, we'll we'll come to the, the European places later, but I think there's only sort of, sort of really obvious bands in those areas. I think the rest of the league is almost much of a muchness, really. It's, mm. it's fairly similar, I think. Again, you, you look at, at some of the players who are, are out injured. We spoke about Crystal Palace missing you know, a key man. I think you can say that the same for Wolves with Pedro Neto. If he comes back second half of the season, does he just push them up a little bit further? Possibly. Leeds United again. Um, yeah, I'm sort of torn with them. They could they could go on and, and do a little bit more. I think Rafinha keeping hold of him this summer was was huge for them. It doesn't look like he's going anywhere. Um, but yeah, there's, there's just... I think it's a really difficult part of, of the table to predict. I don't think any of these teams will be quite good enough to get into Europe. I don't think West Ham will be quite good enough to get into Europe either, but we'll come to them very shortly. And I just sort of feel like this is this is about the right part of the table where they'll probably be a little bit unhappy, some of these teams that they've not pushed on and, and done a little bit more. But at the same time, they're not going to be anywhere near relegation. And I suppose for, for Crystal Palace, for Brighton and probably Southampton as well, the fact that they're not really in a relegation scrap in my eyes that's probably just a, a massive thing on its own i think i'd go along with that it's, it's interesting this is the kind of the safe zone of the table is it's hard to feel disrespected if someone predicts you're going to finish here because as you say they're saying you're not really going to be in relegation trouble and even if you're not necessarily pushing for the european places the blood red podcast from the liverpool echo so Let's get to the part that's going to get everybody angry, shall we? Stick to 10. This is the start of the European places. Uh, James, I'll let you go first this time. Thank you. This is where things get very interesting um, because in, <laughs> six, in sixth place, I have met much of a muchness mid-table team, Leeds United, who I think, <laughs> Wait, <laughs> who I think will who I think will kick on from a very strong season. Look at the table from January. They're third, like... It's gone under the radar, but they are in immense form. They've got Jack Harrison back permanently. That's a big mm-hmm. acquisition. They've held on to Rafinha, as Matt points out. There's, and most importantly, like I can't stress enough how this is the most important factor, is that they have Marcelo Bielsa, who is just you know a great of the game. There's a reason people like Pep Guardiola say that they're inspired by him. It um, feels like he's finally found somewhere where he really fits in as well at Leeds. He's obviously idolised by the fans who will also make a difference having them back. It's another club like Liverpool who will feel that effect perhaps more than most. Um, yeah, of course, it's a controversial one, but, you know, I, I like throwing them in there. Um, I'm here for and, it, mate. You know where I am. <laughs> and and it's, it's not a sixth-place squad, but because of the things I've said, particularly the manager, 
um, I think you have to give them credit. And the the sample size from January is not is not insignificant. There's quite a lot of games where they've outperformed most of the league. Um, and yeah, I, I'm just following the form really. I mean, it's it's not like it's not like it's come from nowhere. So I, I think it's justifiable. Obviously, it's a bold pick, but if you see who I put below them. I mean, you, it's hard. It's hard to make the case that any of them will definitely finish above Leeds. So, like in seventh, I've got Spurs, who have undergone a period of big change as well. They've got the new manager in. Kane seemingly doesn't want to be there. Personally, I think he will be there. Certainly, come the start of the season, and probably come the end of the window. But that's just my hunch. Uh, but either way, there's question marks over how he'll do with that kind of cloud hanging over him. Last season. They didn't do great. In fact, they finished around this position. It was either seventh or eighth. I think it was seventh. So, really, just predicting the same, so the same again, really. Um, and, and yeah, to push on with a whole new manager, it's it would be quite a big ask, especially when, aside from Leeds, the teams above them look pretty much fixed. So, it's pretty much their ceiling. Maybe sixth is their ceiling, but it's not much higher than that. And that, I think that's just where they are now. Um, could be controversial, but that's just how I see it. Um, below them, I have Arsenal. Again, similar to last season, but I mean, maybe they'll push on. I, Mikel Arteta, I do quite like. He, he gets some stick, but th there's some signs that maybe he's putting in some building blocks. Um, and it's hard making that step from assistant manager to manager. We saw Pep Linders try it and to, to no great success, and then he just came back to us. But that that doesn't change the fact that he is very good as a coach and could have the potential to go on to be a very good manager. And Arsenal are clearly committed to giving Arteta that time. And I think he will grow into the role this season. And there's some good players at his disposal. So they could push on. Like These are probably the team I, I'm least sure about in the top 10 in terms of where they'll end up. But I think eighth is actually playing it quite safe. I think, yeah, I mean, they won't like it, but it's it's not a million miles off their level. Um We'll see how it goes, but there's a lot of problems in and around that squad, and I think eighth is about right. Uh, ninth, Aston Villa. Um, it's tricky because obviously they've lost Grealish, and last season they looked almost European level with Grealish, and then he was injured for a long time, and they looked like almost relegation fodder. Um, so losing Grealish, you could say, should put them in the bottom half, but they've recruited very nicely. Mm. Wendier in particular I like a lot. Um, he will take up a fair amount of the slack from Grealish, I would imagine. Obviously, Ings, who, you know, he gets he gets 20 goals easy. Um, he'll be pushing for the golden boot. Um, and then Leon Bailey, who Liverpool have been linked with on and off. There's there's some good some good acquisitions that have been done there, and it seems like they're not necessarily done either. So it's always tricky as well when so many new players come in, lots of turnover can go either way. But I think I think ninth is a a fairly generous but fair prediction. And then in 10th, I have Everton. Um, again, new manager. Um, it's, yeah, it's it's so hard because I'm not even trying to be like, oh yeah, it's Everton, let's be mean to them. But but is, is, it, is it likely that they get any higher than 10th? I don't think it is. And it's the quality of the league now as well. Like there's just a lot of good teams. So getting much higher than that is a, is a real challenge. I, however much money you throw at it, it's hard to build a squad that can that can push into those higher reaches. Except um, if you lead. 
<laughs> well, well, Leeds haven't even been throwing money at it. Leeds have just <laughs> Leeds have just recruited very smartly. Um, and let's not forget, the season before last, Wolves made it to seventh. So it's not like these are entirely impenetrable lands for these for these teams. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a fair point. It's a fair point. Um, but. But no, I mean, I definitely fancy Leeds to have a, a better season than Everton. I'll, I'll put my neck out and say that I'm confident on that. But um, wh- whether it's as extreme as sixth, sixth versus tenth, I don't know. There's there's movement both ways for both for both of them. But um, but yeah, that's that's my sixth to tenth. So interesting. Well, sure. James, I have to say at this point, thank you for allowing our numbers to grow. As I'm sure this will be posted on Lee's message boards, Sheffield United <laughs> message boards, Sheffield Wednesday message boards, because they will all be very interested to know exactly how well you think they're going to do. Um, there's a lot to unpack there, to be fair. <laughs> um, even beyond Leeds, I was kind of slightly surprised at your um, analysis of Aston Villa in particular. I think, Matt, I don't know if you agree, I do think they really do have recruited well. And, I mean, the sign that they haven't tried to replace Grealish with a one person but with three does kind of feel like the kind of thing that's going to pay dividends over the course of the season. Yeah, I, I sort of see them being very similar to what they were last season, really. I think they have adequately replaced Jack Greenish. I think the, the video that Christian Perslow put out kind of explained, this is why we've sold Jack Greenish. We've held out for this amount of money and we have replaced him these particular traits with these three particular players. And I think, it, look, it, it might not work out quite as, as he's outlined it. It might not work out quite so perfectly, but I think it does make a lot of sense on paper that what they've done is they've strengthened their squad and, I said it last week, actually, it sort of feels a little bit like when Liverpool sold Coutinho and bought Van Dijk and Alisson. They've sold one player that they were kind of a little bit over-reliant on and strengthened in other areas to kind of compensate for that. So I think they'll be all right. I don't think they'll be pushing higher. I think that the difficulty really for Dean Smith and Aston Villa is kind of managing the expectations. It's probably helped temper them a little bit that they've you know lost Jack Grealish and people would expect them to drop off. But I think they're kind of at a point where... Can they, can they push on and, and take that next step and get into Europe without spending even more money and, and sort of taking themselves to, to the next level in that sort of thing? I'm not quite sure. You know, they, they might, for me, just be at, at the kind of right peak level. And if they sustain that, that's brilliant and that will be a big achievement, but it just might not quite be seen in that same way. Right. But reading between the lines, that tells me you don't have Aston Villa in your top five. So let's find out exactly where they sit within your six to ten bracket. So in uh, sixth, I've got Tottenham. Um, I think Nuno Espirito Santo is a really good manager. I think they will keep Harry Kane. And I think Son Heung-min is a brilliant footballer. I think just that the Kane and Son thing pushes them ahead. I think those two players... Look, it changes if, if they lose Harry Kane late on it, it changes. But as it stands, um, I think they are they are sort of the best of, of those, those sorts of, of teams. Next is Arsenal. Again, fairly similar to, to Tottenham. I don't expect them to be anywhere near the top four, but they'll probably progress and, and be better than what they were last season. They've spent a lot of money. I think 50 million on Ben White is, is a lot of money. Um, but he's a good player. He's better than what they had. He's an improvement, but quite whether they get the, the sort of value for that. I, I don't know. I wonder as well for, for Mikel Arteta long-term as much as, you know, like James, I really like him. I like what he does. He was obviously brilliant for Pep Guardiola. 
I just wonder if, as I've got them here, if they finish seventh, they don't win a trophy. I would start to, to worry, I think, for him. I think he would, at the end of this season, have had long enough to do a little bit more that um, with that squad, especially having spent that money. But at the same time, you look at, at the teams ahead of them and it's, it is difficult to, to get into those top spaces. So I think that that's where, where they'll be. Um, I don't think there'll be a huge amount between Tottenham and Arsenal. After that, I've gone for, for Aston Villa. Um, as I say, similar season to what they had last season. As long as they don't have, you know, a huge amount of injuries, or you know, Danny Ings doesn't miss most of the season, or, or something like that, I think they'll be fine. Really like Ollie Watkins; they've got a good squad as it is. If you look at that front four, it's it's really exciting. And Emi Buendia is is one that within the last sort of eighteen months, I wouldn't have been surprised to see, you know, a team bigger than than Aston Villa go for him. Well, Arsenal did go for him, in fact, didn't they? So it's 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 one of those. I think they they'll they'll be all right. Um, as I say, I don't think they'll be pushing on for for the Champions League or anything like that. Uh, but they will they will be fine. Um, and then I've gone for for Everton and then West Ham to finish. Um, again, I don't think there'll be a huge amount between Everton, West Ham, Wolves, Leeds. I think it'll be very very minimal difference. But yeah, uh, Everton's the obvious sort of talking point, isn't it? For for obvious reasons, you wonder quite what's going to happen there. You look at the signings as well, and I think they've kind of addressed the areas that they needed. They desperately needed wingers, mm. whether Andros Townsend and, and Damari Gray are quite at the level um, to, to push them on. I'm not too sure. I think, to be honest... I am, I am sure. I don't think <laughs> they are. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. Uh, I think I think that the first, the first month of the season will be absolutely crucial for them. If the first month goes, goes badly, wouldn't massively surprise me to see Rafa gone by Christmas. No, I think that's probably fair, a fair shout. The interesting thing for me about Everton is the fact that they have been so committed to an idea that they've basically signed the same player three times. First Walcott, then Iwobi, and now Andros Townsend. You never know. It might eventually work. We'll have to wait and see. The Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo. Speaking of waiting and seeing, it's, let's have a look at those two six to ten selections next to each other. Now we're starting to see a little bit of difference here. Now, obviously, it's mainly just James's wildly out <laughs> that pushes everyone else down. I'm interested that neither of you think that Aston Villa will do better than Arsenal because, as you mentioned, Matt, they have beaten them to the punch to uh, Buendia and Arsenal haven't really got any of the guys that they're looking to get. No, they they haven't. Um, as I said, I don't think there'll be a huge amount between them. Um, but I just think Aston Villa, if, if they can come in that position again, as I said before, I think that would be an achievement for them. I think this is a kind of, we've lost Jack Grealish, what do we do next kind of season? And it, it's going to be a bit of a, a panic, I think, for a few Aston Villa fans of what comes next, how they deal with it, how they get over it. I think after they've done that and after this season, if they can solidify themselves, if they can finish eighth, sort of get themselves ahead of the other teams that are kind of in that same bracket, Everton, West Ham, Wolves, Leeds, if they can come top of their own little mini league, I think that then sets them up to go again, spend a bit of money next summer and then really try and push on. But I just, I don't know, Arsenal are a weird one. You kind of feel like there's an argument for them not being in that position, but at the same time, it's it's quite hard to imagine them being any lower than, than seventh, to be honest. But I, I don't know. It's it sort of... If possibly the, the Arsenal and Aston Villa thing, I think 
maybe it comes down to, to Mikel Arteta and, and how long is he the manager for it. I'm not 100% sure that he will be the manager come the end of the season. And if they change it and get someone in, maybe that can change it. But I think, uh, yeah, certainly behind Tottenham, but just about ahead of Aston Villa for me. Yeah, I, th- I think, again, we're not really being too harsh on him there. The idea that Arsenal want to keep faith in him is probably stronger than the idea that they definitely will. One last thing about these guys before we move on to the big ones. James, the Cups, do you see any of these teams going on a little cup run, maybe even sneaking the trophy themselves? We saw Spurs get to the League Cup final last season. And again, the teams that are maybe talented but not necessarily consistent, that might be their way forward. Yeah, I mean, I'm never going to write Arsenal out of the FA Cup in particular, um, (laughs) just historically. But also, they're not in Europe at all this season. That'll be a big help. It means they can focus on the domestic cups a bit more than the other teams. Well, some of the other teams anyway, particularly Spurs. So that combination of a arguably top six squad, or at least top six budgeted squad with no Europe, means that they'll be well-equipped to push for a cup. So if I was to pick one out of those five to make a bit of a run, yeah, I, I would lean towards Arsenal. Villa is another one who, who could do something in that in that vein. But just on the Villa thing, I do think that we are well. I do think there's a little bit of underrating of Jack Grealish going on. Like, yes, they've they've replaced him very well on paper. I do like their signings, and that's why I have them as high as ninth. But Jack Grealish, it was he was such a massive player for them. I don't really like the um, the Coutinho comparison in the sense that. When we lost him, we already had the likes of Salah, the likes of Mane and Firmino. So I don't think that same reliance was there. Um, so Villa's new signings will all need to hit the ground running to even come close to making up for how good he was for them. And it could work out, but it'll be a long-term thing mm-hmm. rather than they're going to do really well straight away. It, it Just in my opinion, anyway. That's exactly the kind of disagreement that we need going into the final round. James, thank you very much. Without further ado, it's time to crown your champions. And Matt, since James went first last time, the honour falls to you. Well, you are going to like this because I've gone for Liverpool to win the Premier League title. Um, I I just, I don't know. I think a lot of people are, are underrating this Liverpool team. I think a lot of people have kind of forgotten about them. I know I've done a podcast earlier this week where I spoke to a couple of uh, reporters who who work on Man City, Chelsea, Man United, and they all kind of had this feeling that at least fans, if not sort of journalists and possibly the players and, and manager and things like that, they've kind of forgotten a little bit just how good Liverpool are. And I think after last season, there's a massive point to prove. I think the signs have been good in terms of Virgil van Dijk and Joe Gomez. We know all of the, the knock-on effects of that. That means that Fabinho plays in midfield, and I think he is possibly the best number six in the world, almost certainly the best in the Premier League. I think that then has a knock-on effect on Thiago Alcantara, which people have kind of written him off as not being suited to the Premier League. It's not the case. You know, if, if you've got that midfield of, of Fabinho, Henderson and Thiago, we saw against Everton, I think that was the closest that Liverpool got last season to a, a first-choice eleven. If they can do that on a regular basis, we know how good they can be. The signs have been good for Sadio Mane. I think he is going to have a much better season. I don't think he'll be quite back at his peak and sort of, you know, getting 30, 40 goals, but I think he'll sort of be around the the 20 mark. I think he'll be a lot, lot better. 
Diogo Jota was absolutely brilliant. It, it's kind of it's kind of been forgotten just how good he was. I think for for a large portion of, of last season, just before he gets injured, he's kind of posting similar numbers to to what Mohamed Salah was in seventeen eighteen. I think people mm-hmm. have forgotten that. Obviously, you've got to extrapolate that over the course of a season, and it's not got to be sort of two or three months. But the signs there are good. Roberto Firmino again. I think you could see it at Anfield in the, the couple of games that Liverpool played Sunday and, and Monday. He just had a smile on his face. He looked back to to being better. As long as a couple of other players stay fit, it means that he's not going to have to play every game, which I think will benefit him. And Mohamed Salah is Mohamed Salah. So for me, Liverpool are, are strong contenders. I'm not saying 100% they're going to win the league because you know things can, can go against any team. Any team can get injuries and Liverpool are more susceptible to that than anybody else because they don't have the same level of squad depth. But look, they'll be up there. They'll be challenging. For me, it's, it's a four-way battle for the title up until the last couple of months of the season and then maybe one or two teams might drop out. But I'm back in Liverpool to, to be there. Manchester City, probably a very close second. Um, I'm not 100% Jack, on, on Jack Grealish going there and, and making a, a huge difference. I think they've got a lot of players in that area who can do a similar thing. I think if they have to lose someone like Bernardo Silva, for example, which it looks like they might, that would be a big loss, I think. So it's it's maybe not quite as much of a, a gain as, as what you might think it is in terms of a Grealish. Harry Kane is, again, a, a game-changer. I said that for, for Tottenham before. If City get Kane, then then maybe you start to, to reassess. But without him, I think there's still a bit of a hole in that squad. I've gone for Chelsea third. Um, again, brilliant team, brilliant manager, loads of different options. They've solved their biggest problem. But I just think they're they're a team that is very much sort of geared towards the bigger games. They're very good at those sort of one-off games. I'm not quite sure across the course of a season whether we'll see that consistency from them. Um, but again, they're not going to be a million miles away. And then Manchester United, I think, will come forth. Uh, it's been a good summer for them. Jaden Sancho, Rafa Varane, two brilliant players to, to come in and, and go straight into their starting eleven. But... I just don't think they're quite as, as good as, as the other three teams that I've got in front of them. I think they'll be in fourth quite comfortably. I think the top four will just be the top four. Um, and to be honest, over the next sort of two or three seasons, I think it's quite hard to, to make an argument really for Liverpool, City, United, Chelsea being the top four in some form. Um, it, it's hard to, to make the argument for somebody else coming into that, to be honest, just because of the resources, the squad, all the rest of it, the wages. Um but yeah, I think Liverpool City, Chelsea United would be would be my top four. And then to bridge the gap, Leicester City, the only team left. I think they're the best of the rest, but to get into that top four, as they have proven themselves over the last couple of seasons, is really, really hard. And I just don't think they've quite got enough. But look, fifth place to, to those sorts of teams on their budget with the, the manager and, and everything they've got, I think fifth is, is probably about right for them. It's an interesting one with Leicester because it's almost as if the fact that they come fifth twice is almost as as much of a hindrance as it is a success in as much as they should have been fourth in in both of those seasons and fell to fifth. And it makes you think that there is that invisible ceiling ahead of them. But we'll see. Does James agree? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> sorry to kill this this way. Yeah, it's very similar in terms of both the top five and the logic behind it. So I won't spend too long on it. But basically, the only change is I've inverted Manchester City and Liverpool. Um, 
I, I bottled it. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's the crucial change, but uh, all the rest of the order is the same. So I've got Manchester City, then Liverpool, then Chelsea, then Manchester United, and then Leicester. Um, so I will briefly run through them, but Matt has covered a lot of the bases. I agree it's going to be a very tight race between City and Liverpool. I'm envisaging the kind of 18, 19, 19, 20 scenarios, and it's just a case of which one of them is it going to be more like. Obviously, we all hope it's 19, 20, but I'm leaning slightly the other way. The, the depth, I just can't really look past it. Mm-hmm. If Liverpool lose someone like a Salah, then that's a real problem. Whereas if City lose, you know, in their front three, there's someone else who can step straight in there, particularly now Grealish has come in. Um, and even aside from injuries, there's the rotation aspect. So, you know, they can just, if they have a congested couple of weeks, they can just rotate in someone like a Bernardo Silva and it's a nice option to have. Obviously, specifically with him, he could be sold in the coming weeks, but the, the case still remains the fact that just the sheer depth of quality is something that I don't think Liverpool are quite at yet. Um, there's promising signs in pre-season. A lot of these squad players have, you know, shown up, look like they can play a part. High hopes for Harvey Elliott, of course. Takumi Minamino was joint top scorer in pre-season. But to ask them to come in and compete with players who are going to be on like 150k a week, who are just, you know, world-renowned stars in their own right already, it's it's not the same, even though I am happy with with those up-and-coming depth options for Liverpool. It's it's a reality, just of the finances, if if nothing else. Um, so I think over the course of a full season, maybe City just about pippers to the post. But I do agree with Matt in the sense that Liverpool are flying under the radar, which is ridiculous when they posted, what, 90, 97 and 98-point seasons in two out of the last three campaigns. Uh, it, it's crazy how much we're being written off. A lot of people are saying fourth place is most likely. I've seen some people even say Leicester sneaking ahead of us. I, I think that's absurd, really. Um the, the quality of the squads is beyond doubt. And Canate is a good addition. People are saying we've done nothing in the market. We have. We've bought in an elite, world-class, high-potential centre-back to add to a already strong crop at the back. So, yeah, there's there's a lot of reasons to think we'll challenge. And I do think we will challenge. In fact, if anything, I think there'll be more separation than Matt was envisaging. I think it will be, by the end of the season, City and Liverpool some way from the rest of the pack. Um, the ones who would have most to say about that would be Chelsea in third, they're a danger, particularly, I mean, by the time this goes out, Lukaku may well have been confirmed. But if that does get over the line, that's a, that's a scary one. Because I think of all the strikers they could have signed in the world, he's the one who guarantees them goals the most. I, I can't see a scenario where he doesn't hit at least sort of 18 goals in the Premier League, probably more. It's, it's pretty much a guarantee. He's a goal machine wherever he goes. And it, it's Premier League proven as well. I know it's a cliche, but it applies. Um, so... That does make them more of a worry. And I, I I worry with Tuchel, like he's great when everything's going well, but if they do hit a slump, can he get them out of it? We've seen it at multiple clubs in the past now. And we've seen when Klopp's beaten him in the past as well, he's just kind of lost his head. He's blamed everything other than himself. He said, I don't know how this has happened. It's, it's inexplainable, inexplicable. It's like, well, maybe you should look for some explanations um, because that's the only way you're going to reverse these kind of slumps. Um, so if they, the only way they, they win the league is if they just manage to cruise it. I think as soon as they get into a bit of a dogfight, they might fall off. That, that being said, I do think they'll have a good season and I think they'll be comfortably third. But I think by the end of the season, we will still be seeing maybe a double-digit gap to, to the top two teams. 
I think um, the, the first the first few games I think are, are going to be interesting. The, the Liverpool Chelsea on match day three that just screams of Liverpool Manchester City from a couple of seasons ago to me. Mm. I think if if Liverpool go into that and they can win that game, establish a bit of a, a gap, it sort of has that same sort of vibe to me. Yeah, I agree I with you. That. I think I mean in my predictions I did say we would win and I did cite that as one of the reasons I do think we'll be able to get a gap and then have the quality to maintain it. Uh, one question I have for you, James. Where are you reading to find people who have Leicester above Liverpool? That's 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 just wild. Well, yeah, so blame blame the uh, the PA training camp. I'm still in touch with some of the people I did my my journalism qualification with. And there are some absolutely wild shouts that go on in that group chat. Uh, I won't name any names. But, uh, but yeah, some, some bold predictions being thrown about in there. Yeah, we, we, we need to keep the integrity of our profession, so please don't name them. <laughs> but no, it's interesting. Between the two of you, you've got something for the fantasy people, something for the pragmatists. One title win, one unfortunate defeat let's have them up against each other one more time and again i think from third to fifth you've both made the cases and i think they're the cases that everyone would make both chelsea and manchester united do look like they've improved their teams i do think that once again leicester have got a few unheralded gems but it might be that that gap between fifth and fourth is still too far but those are some teams that I I would be very, very surprised if the, t- if the season ends up like this and it's not exciting and competitive. So I think that's the main thing to take away. I would say also that the two of you have been able to maintain your journalistic integrity. No one's going to kick you out of the club based on your selections there. Uh, do either of you have any final thoughts for the other one's team? Just in terms of, of the uh, the title and that, I think it, it, it's almost a coin toss between Liverpool and City in that regard as well for me. I don't think Liverpool are going to win it by a mile. The only sort of thing that tips me towards Liverpool is that I still think, and again, a lot of people have forgotten this, I still think Liverpool's best 11 when they're on the pitch is the best 11 in the country. I don't think anybody else can match that. It purely comes down to can you keep enough players fit for long enough? Obviously, the injuries have already started with Andy Robertson. Hopefully, that's not out for. Hopefully, he's not out for for a long time. Um, but yeah, for me, as, as long as Liverpool don't have the catastrophic injury list than what they had last season, they'll be there or thereabouts. I mean, I'm t- literally touching wood behind me. That can't <laughs> happen again, can it? No, no, no. I think I, I, I think I'm in line to agree with you. I think it will be a very exciting Premier League season. I think that we're going to see lots of teams who have got good pieces, maybe struggle to adapt the team to them. And hopefully, as I said, Liverpool could steal a march and have enough gap to steal that Premier League trophy. But there we have it. The two of you have done remarkably well without upsetting anybody. And James, you might be getting a few free pints in Yorkshire. So... (laughs) For all of our fans out there, all of you watching the show, I want to hear what you think. Do you think that James is crazy? Or do you think maybe Matt's the crazy one and we're not going to lift that Premier League title? Or do you have a completely different view, all of your own? Let us know in the comments. I'll be very interested to see the results. But guys, thank you. It's been another fantastic show. Hopefully, Matt will be more right than James and we'll see a Liverpool title win come May but we'll hopefully see all of you again next week. 
You've been listening to the Blood Red Podcast from the Liverpool Echo.